Welcome to the Perfect Time Podcast with Christy and Lindsay. Grab your coffee and let's chat mindset. In these mini episodes, we talk about how now is the perfect time to get in the best emotional, mental, and physical shape of our lives. Our minds are the most powerful tool we have. So let's grow together. Good morning. It's time. It is the perfect time to talk about mind, body, and no better person to do it with than Christy Yermo O'Connell. She is a CrossFit athlete. Um, Christy, we're so excited to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Um, Let's just really quickly, don't confuse it with Christy White because Christy White is not a CrossFit athlete. <laughs> no. We have two, we have a Christ- guest. two yeah, Christies two and a Lindsay. So Christy is, I, I'll just go over your background. Hopefully I have this all right. So she's a collegiate swimmer and then like later became a CrossFit athlete competitor. She also owns a gym, um, which is how I met her because my husband goes to her gym and has been going for, I don't even know, seven years, maybe now. I think I was pregnant with Abel. So seven years about right. Yeah. And so he's been going for a while, introduced us there. And then, um, so we know you're a busy woman. I know that the CrossFit games just started happening and you're at the gym a lot, but we're super excited to have you on here. And, um, obviously like we talked about before we're doing the mind body series. So this is, I mean, to have a athlete on here. I'm just so excited to ask you a few questions about how you got to where you are. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background and like what led you to become not only a gym owner, but a CrossFit competitor. Yeah. So I started, well, none of that really was my plan, (laughs) to be honest. I went to school for accounting and I graduated and I was auditing for KPMG at the time. And I had always been in sports prior. So my mom, I swam since I was, you know, four years old or since I can ever remember. I played soccer. I swam at the collegiate level. Then from there, I took it into just running marathons and doing triathlons because that was just a really great background to have was swimming for a triathlon. And I also love to run. So I'm like, oh, I can figure out this biking thing. So I got really into that. And then I started to really miss just like the team aspect. And so I joined a CrossFit gym because at the time I was feeling like I was getting super out of shape, sitting at my desk for 12 plus hours a day, especially during busy season when we were auditing it'd be, you know, 16, 17 hour days. And I was just longing to like work out with people and bored of doing stuff by myself. So I joined a CrossFit gym and that just like really, I guess, re kind of lit the fire of that competitive instinct, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I planned. My husband, who was that at the gym, he was my boyfriend at the time. And I met him through CrossFit, he was competing. So I would just sign up for these local competitions to go with him and I'd get to work out and cheer him on. Cause it's like, Oh, if I'm going to be there, I might as well try to compete and work out and have a little bit of fun, but it was never something I actually wanted to pursue. And then I just started falling more in love with the process. And it really gave me an outlet when I was really stressed with my accounting job. And I just fell more and more in love with all of the different things that you could achieve and setting all these goals for myself. And then slowly I started to get better and better and, you know, reaching the CrossFit games after my second year at one of the competitions, I only missed it by like 30 points in a couple of spots. And I was like, wow, I, I think I could really do this thing. And so that's kind of how I shifted into becoming the competitive CrossFit athlete. And then at the same time, it was reevaluating my life and I was just completely 
completely miserable with what I was doing. And I got an opportunity to help somebody else start a, a second affiliate. They already had one and I got an opportunity to help them. So I went all in, I quit my accounting job. I picked up a part-time job at Starbucks to also be able to help work at this gym because it was a big financial, you know, I was, I was not going to be making as much. So I was trying to make those ends meet and figure out like what my passion was. So then from there, my parents belonged to a CrossFit gym. We ended up purchasing one back in Columbus so I could move home. And the rest is just kind of history. So it's just been like a really weird, windy path, but um, it's been really fun. And it's there's been a lot of risks and I've taken a lot of chances, but I wouldn't train it for the world. That is such a cool story. I am like blown away. Like, I sorry, we just talked about this on the last episode. Like you left... A, a and a huge accounting job with like one of the top firms and went to work at Starbucks yeah so that you yeah. could make this dream happen like that is so cool thank you yeah I actually mm. remember there was one time I I would open in the mornings and I remember serving someone their coffee and you know some people can get really grumpy before they have their coffee and you never <laughs> know what kind of morning they're having and yeah and I remember like serving them they were just so grumpy and I came home to Patrick and I was like I feel like they look at me like I'm doing this and I don't have an education. Like I'm a very educated person and I'm choosing to be here. Like I worked my tail off for that big four job. It just wasn't something that I felt like I could see myself doing 20 years down the road. And I wanted to make that change before I was able to. And so it gave me a whole new appreciation also um, just for one people in the service industry and two, just everybody's at a different season of life and they're at a different chapter and just to respect everyone and, you know, appreciate everyone for what they're doing. And that was just like a really interesting takeaway that I had when I was working there. So I have a question for you. Like what gave you the courage to make that huge pivot? Like most people won't do that. So what gave you the courage and strength to do that? Yeah. So that was my support system. And Patrick, my now husband, um, he was actually like one of the main drivers and he was always a firm believer in that you can do what you love and you can follow your passion. And if you're willing to work hard enough, and you're patient and you have a positive attitude and you put the work in, like you can achieve your goals. And that was like always what he was instilling in me. And so I think him and I just having those conversations of like, well, what would you want to do? What would make you happy? What do you see yourself doing? And like going through that entire process, not just kind of like quitting on a whim and seeing what we could do. It's like putting some time and reflecting on like, what what do I love to do? Um, and w- what direction does that go? And I didn't know all of those answers, but spending time reflecting on that stuff was really helpful. So Patrick, and then my parents, my mom and dad were super supportive. Like they, I, when I called them and I told them that's what I was going to do, I think they both like paused for a, a long period of time. Um, because <laughs> I was two or three of my CPAs passed of the four at the time. So I never ended up finishing it. My dad was like, just finish your CPA. Like you, you're so close. Like you have one more test left and it like, I I just knew that wasn't what I wanted to do, but they were so supportive. Um, and you know, I was, I think I was showing them also that I was willing to do what it took to make the ends meet by picking up another job and like doing all of these other things and that they were just going to support me and hopefully, you know, it would turn out. Okay. Yeah. And it's exceeded that girl. You did it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Is it crazy to like, kind of look back at where you started knowing that you like had this vision and then like, I mean, I know you said you probably couldn't have even imagined going to like nine CrossFit games and all that stuff, but is it just like, I mean, you have to be so proud of yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, 
it's weird to look back. It's like, I wish I could share so much with that, that girl that was taking that risk and that chance, like to get to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's rewarding and it's definitely been a journey. And there's been a lot of days where it's like, you know, there's hard days, not every day is a good day. And, um, but I do feel so fortunate and so grateful that I was, that I did take the chance. Cause I think the longer you wait, the harder it is. So I was, I was 20, four at the time, 25 at the time, um, when I did make that change. And so, um, you know, a little bit younger, not a ton of responsibility other than myself. And so I was able to do it, but yeah, it's been a rewarding journey. And I'd say proud. Um, I don't even know if proud's the word. I just think it's, I feel like there's still so much more I want to achieve. And it's just like, as the seasons of life change and the chapters change, it just proves to myself that like, if you continue to believe in yourself and work hard and you know that there will be ups and downs, like you can achieve anything you really put your mind to, as long as you continue to work toward that goal. Amen. Love that. So talking about, you've already hit on it, but talking about like, because this is a mindset podcast, like how does mindset play into an impact? Like when you're going into competition or competition, even training, like, I mean, I see Justin, my husband, who does not train, you know, I mean, he works really hard in your gym and he'll tell me about the workouts and it's, it seems super hard. And he was also an athlete. And so like, how much does mindset play into achieving these like massive goals that you set for yourself? Ah, gosh, mindset's huge. I think mindset is as important as the training. And that's something that took me a little bit to learn. And it's really, especially for someone like Justin, I think he was a wrestler. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have a team that's surrounding you or when you're on the CrossFit floor and it's just you, your coach is there, your support system's there. They can all want it so much for you. But really what it comes down to is when it's you in the moment and your body's on fire and your lungs are burning. And honestly, all you want to do is stop. It's like, how do you get yourself through those moments to keep pushing on? And that piece for me is like something that I had to really learn. And I did it a lot with swimming. So I was able to carry some of that over. So visualization is a huge piece in swimming. And that's something I was able to carry over into CrossFit. So when they would announce a workout, I would kind of visualize and write down like seeing myself going through it. And so like, okay, where do I want to make my breaks? How do I want to, where am I transitioning? Like all of these things. And so spending time outside of the gym, actually visualizing that workout, which takes a lot of time. And you have to be very present when you do that. That's one way. Another way for me was journaling and working on um, a mantra. So when things start to get really tough and everything's burning and you're, like I said, you, you really, you have those negative thoughts. We're naturally like those negative thoughts creep in when we're humans and we're doing something tough and it's changing the mental chatter. So whether that means you have one sentence that you just repeat over and over. And honestly, my first year, this sounds absolutely ridiculous. When I was training for my first or second CrossFit games, it was really hard. And Patrick was like, let's think of something that will get your mind off of this. And I switched to like, this is better than accounting. And like when things would get tough, like that first year, that's all I was reminding myself was like, I gave up this job and I gave up something I wasn't passionate about. And I'm passionate about this. So like, this is so much better than that. Like stop focusing on the negative and be grateful that you get to do this. And like, that was my first two years, my mantra, which is insane. Um, Looking back on that. And then it slowly shifted to other things that were important to me. So having something that you can flip to that you can just keep repeating to not allow those negative thoughts to come in has been a huge factor for me and helping me dig deep and push through those darker points of those workouts. And then 
Thirdly, I would say uh, books. So I've read quite a few books and that's one of my favorite things to do, especially before bed. And some of the ones, they don't even have to be anything crazy, but there's a ton of books out there on mindset. And like um, a couple of my favorites were Chop Wood, Carry Water, which is just about the process. Like everybody wants to get to the end result before going through the journey and the process. And it's like, you have to be able to accept the process and the journey. Um, another one's called Win in the Dark, and that's just basically how all the work is done behind the scenes, and you kind of sink to the level of your training. You don't rise to the occasion, but you actually sink to what all of the work that you've put in. Um, so that was a really good one. And then there's another one called Pound the Stone, which is basically the same thing. Like You have to just keep showing up every single day. And those are three of my favorite mindset books, but finding stuff to read about so you can apply that into your training has been super helpful. I love that. That is like what you just mentioned there is something that I've talked about, I think, before on the podcast. My morning routine is like SAVERS. That's the acronym for silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and then supplementation. That's what I do, like try to do every morning. And you basically just hit on all of that as your your mindset stuff. So I just think Again, there it is showing up. It's so important and so valuable. And I love what you said. And I often say this to myself, like the hustle ain't sparkly. Like that's not the shiny part where you're putting in the work. It's not the shiny part. And you just have to go through that. And something I read over and over, and I feel like you're basically saying this too, is like discipline over motivation. Would you agree with that? Oh, I would definitely agree with that. And that's where those good habits come in. Yeah. So discipline over motivation always. Love that. Yeah. Have you guys, there's another book. Um, I think it's called the atomic habits by James clear. Yeah. That's a really good book. I think people can get it on audible as well, but it talks about that. It talks about like, if you can create that discipline and you can create that routine and you can build these habits, they're going to pull you through on the days you don't feel like it. And there's a lot of days I don't feel like it. Or I didn't feel like training or, you know, it's Kentucky Derby and I'm prepping for a huge competition when I live down in Louisville, which is like one of the biggest holidays down in Louisville. And it's so much fun, but you just sacrifice things to achieve goals and you have to know that it's going to, you know, in the end, it will be worth it if you know what your why is. And I think a lot of people go into things without their why or without really good habits. And then when things get hard, that's when it's easy for it to crumble. But if you can establish those things ahead of time, then when things get hard, you realize like, why is this important to me? Why am I doing this? And that helps pull you through on those bad days or when your motivation is lacking. Or when you really want to have a mint julep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Switching gears really quick. And this is kind of off the cuff, but you had a recent announcement that Justin and I listened to kind of about your CrossFit career. Are you willing to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, so to nine CrossFit games, right. And competed. Um, I competed, this is my 10th season. So I've actually made it seven years. It took me two years to get there. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, we're calling it nine. No, I'm just kidding. But okay. So then what, like, what does this season, why does this season look different than the ones before? So this season, I, I've done a lot of reflecting and I try to always check in with myself and feel like, am I healthy? Am I happy? Am I having fun? Is this still fulfilling? And those things for me after every single season from season number one through now have always been there. And this one was a little bit different because I've, I've been feeling like there's been a little bit of a transition. So I could kind of feel that deep, but I was like, oh, but I'm still healthy and I have fun and I love it. But the piece that wasn't there for me was necessarily the fulfillment. And when I say fulfillment, it's stepping onto the competition floor. So this season looks a little bit different because I'm not going to be pursuing a competitive CrossFit career. 
Um, so I will not be essentially people are calling it retirement. Like I will no longer be trying to qualify for that final stage at the CrossFit games that you guys see online to make me one of the competitive CrossFitters for that in the entire world. Um, I'm doing it. There's a couple different stages. And so the first stage is called the CrossFit open, which is what everybody can do. Everyone signs up for it. It's the very first stage. It's what we're doing with our gym right now. And so I decided to participate with my gym for fun and that give it my best. And then after that, I'm not going to pursue the season any further and I won't pursue another season any further either. And for me, it really boiled down to where am I at in my life? And the close of a chapter is sad. So I've, I've shed a lot of tears. I've done a lot of reflecting on this, but I no longer felt that fulfillment in me stepping onto the competition floor. But after sitting down with my husband, like we have a lot of things going on and there's a lot of places that I can start to pour my time into that feel more fulfilling for me. And that's our online business with IBEX training. It's an online fitness business where we help people all over the world. That's our gym with CrossFit Polaris that we can be more present and we can help people achieve their goals. I'd like to get nutrition off the ground, up and running. We have a YouTube channel and there's all these things. And it's like, we've gotten all these messages. And I just, I feel like being able to help other people start to fulfill their goals from the journey that I've been on and what I've learned is now outweighing and becoming more fulfilling than me stepping onto the competition floor. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's so awesome. cool. I love that. Um, has, has everyone, like since your announcement, most people have been super supportive, I'm assuming. Yeah, people have been really supportive. I think some people are a little confused, like you're still so fit. Like most people, <laughs> I feel like end up retiring when they're pregnant or when they have an injury or, and I feel very confident that if we put the work in, like we could make it back. So it's not that I feel like my time is up. I just feel like I'm being pulled in a different way with my heart. And that's always been something that's important to me because it just kind of listened to those gut feelings into my heart. And we've got some younger guys in the gym who are really talented. We've got, like I said, we people all over the world following our programs and the amount and the effort and the time it takes for that training. If I can take that and apply it to something else and be able to help change other people's lives, like that to me at this point feels so much more fulfilling than me being on the floor. And that that took a lot of journaling, a lot of reflection on, but I just kept coming back to that. And that's what feels really right. And I'm I'm very at peace with it. Okay. I love what you love said. That. And one thing that you said that stood out to me, you said, I'm confident if we put the work in, we could make it back. Like that shows me so like, who's your, who are the core support people and who is your team that helps you achieve these amazing feats? Yeah. Well, we, when I refer to, we, I refer to my husband, Patrick, um, I actually met him in a CrossFit gym. He was competing at the time and I just got better and better because I was trying to keep up with him and it was just fun. Um, and he is definitely like my rock and my core support system. So he has made I sacrifice like I, people are always like, oh, as the athlete, like you sacrifice so much. Oh my gosh, he has sacrificed as much as I have in supporting me along the way. So for me, it's really a team thing. Like I absolutely could not do it without him. He's coached me, he's taught me every movement. He helps me with programming because like I'm capable and I'm knowledgeable. But when it comes to doing it for yourself, it's always nice to have somebody else that you can bounce ideas off of and be like, do you think this is achieving my weaknesses? Because I like to just work on my strengths. Like I don't really love working on my weaknesses. Um, so <laughs> he helps me with all of the programming, um, with the food, like making sure I'm eating enough. Like I've started doing more meal prep, but he was doing a lot of it for a while. And then also balancing the gym, like he'll take over some of my load and my responsibility as I'm really kind of in the weeds training super hard. 
Uh, so the two of us really made that decision together. And he's like, if you really like, he believes in me, he's like, I, I'm here if you want to do it again. So I kind of like, I would say, kind of pushed the decision forward for me to step off the floor. Um, and he was good with whatever, like if I wanted to step off, he, he was supportive there. If I wanted to stay on the floor, he was supportive there. So, um, but he's, he's really the main one. And then my parents are amazing. My sister, I've got a really great family support system as well. I just think that's so beautiful because I feel like it's like that whole saying, like behind every whatever, like great man or woman, there's somebody, I just think that's so true. It's like, because you found somebody that completely hundred percent supports who you are, you're able to go so much further than you would by yourself, you know? And, um, it's just, it's cool to see. It's beautiful to watch. I've watched again. I am, um, not a competitor in CrossFit, but I've watched the games and every time I watch them on TV, I'm like moved to tears because a lot of women specifically like, or I've seen like their husbands are coaching them just like you are. And I'm like, gosh, that is like, so like intimate and beautiful and like, so raw, right. Like pushing yourself to the max of your like physical ability. It's just super cool. Yeah. And I, I think definitely raw, like there's definitely days where I'm like, he'll, he'll encourage me or push me to do something that like in the moment I'm not happy about. (laughs) And then it's also balancing like that husband and wife, like we're also husband and wife. So it's like, you, you know, you have to balance all of those things, but it's really cool. And we've grown so much together and he's learned me. Somebody actually asked me the other day, they're like, how do you know, like when to cheer for her and when not to cheer for her? Like, how do you know when it's like what level? Um, because some, like I've shushed him a couple of times, like just stop like, <laughs> in our beginning career, like just let me be in my headspace. Um, and he's like, I can finally, like, after all these years, like I can read her facial expressions. I can read her body language. I can see when she has more. And it's funny to hear how much he's learned of me just watching all these years, but how invested he is. Mm. So it's like, if he could be on the floor with me or pushing me, like he would be there. And so it's just how much just emotional and everything, all the investment that he also has. And it's nice to feel like you have that support system. Oh yeah. That's good. And what do you guys like to do? Like you're working together all day, like competing, doing business stuff on the side. What's, what is your, what's your downtime just for fun? And like, how do you disconnect from all that and just be husband and wife for a little bit without all the extra yeah. So it's, it's challenging. That's for sure. Um, we kind of have like shut off times. We do a date night, like we'll go out like our favorite thing. Honestly, we've had to make a ton of sacrifices with the, with training, like prior to becoming like a CrossFit Games athlete and having to put as much time in, we spent a ton of time outside, which is still what we love to do. Like we just got back from a ski and snowboard snowboarding trip in Tahoe, which we take usually one winter ski trip a year. And we have for like the last six years. Um, so that's like really fun for us. And we don't stress about our fitness. Like we're just outdoors staying active. Uh, if we get opportunity, we like to rock climb. We haven't gotten to do that as much, but camping, hiking, just being outside where we're not really in that physical gym setting. And then date night, like around Columbus, like we love to go out to eat. We love to try new restaurants. Um, and so for us, it's kind of like shutting it off, just talking about the other stuff and 
we have all these hobbies that we also love to do that are completely unrelated to CrossFit. So we don't watch CrossFit YouTube. We don't watch CrossFit on TV. Like when we're together and we're hanging out, we're just, we're watching other things. Like we like um, Yellowstone, Ted Lasso. Uh, we watched Limitless, like just different things that we're into, but not necessarily CrossFit related. We just kind of like, know we have kind of a shut off and it's like, okay, this is our time together. Yeah. So important. So very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that has a little eyebrow loom annoying because I'm like, this is Christy from CrossFit. I get that you have an identity and you are a whole person like outside of of all of that. Um, Obviously, the reason why we're talking to you is just because of like the mental fortitude it takes to do a sport. But I think it's really cool to hear that like, I don't know, just having fun and embracing like, what's your favorite place? What, What are some of your favorite spots in Columbus to eat? So we um, are the worst about venturing out. We really just like 101 Beer Kitchen. We like Atlas Tavern. We're kind of like a, we don't like, we do like the food at the super fancy, right? Like we like Jeff Ruby's and things like that, but we're kind of just more of like sports bar, sit at the bar, have a beer kind of people. And people are like, you have a beer? I'm like, yeah, I have a beer. Like <laughs> I love to have a beer. And so obviously when I'm training, that stuff will go away because especially the older you get, the more important your recovery is even one beer, like what it does to my resting heart rate and to my sleep is absolutely insane. So it's like Pat would have said at the bar and he'll have a beer and I'll drink my water and that's fine. But like out of season, we love to go out and have a date night. We love to do that. So, um, we like tacos. We like, uh, we'll go to local cantina, which is up by us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun, but it is important. And yeah, being a CrossFit games athlete is definitely part of my identity. I was fortunate. I think to start it later. So I was able to have a collegiate career. I was able to have a couple of years outside of college. I was able to work as a professional. And then from there, fall into that. And I think that's a little bit different. So when I'm moving on, I know a lot of people in the past, it's like, that's all they've known. I feel like I've gotten to dabble in a couple of different things. And so for me, it's just, okay, what's the next chapter of life? And that's, it is definitely part of my identity, but not getting lost. And that's the only thing that I have. Yeah. Yeah, and that takes that's mindset work, you know, like all day, every day, like, you know, continuing to push forward, but being content with where you are and wanting more for your, you know, like that's all mindset work you've done a lot of, obviously, you know, Um, and so I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I I do think that's important is like, um, I don't know for you guys, but for me, for the mindset, a lot of it comes out in journaling. And so if there is a while, like the past two years, just grappling with like, well, what am I going to do when I move on? And not being able to see the other opportunities, you know, and being able to help others. Like we were, we were helping people, but it was so wrapped up in stepping onto the competition floor. And it's, it's interesting. The more I look back at like my journaling, this, how that started to shift into change. And so just checking in with myself and reflecting on where I'm currently at in my life. And I think that that definitely is it's something that helps with my mindset a lot. Yeah. I think getting stuff out of your head. Um, I like to say taking out your head trash, not that journaling is always putting trash out, but it does help with like all the voices and all the thoughts that kind of just float around all the time just to get it out and put it somewhere else, you know, for then you to look back and reflect on that's major powerful. hundred percent. Yeah. I get people at the gym they're like, what do you journal about? Do you have prompts? I'm like, I don't know. I just, it was something that I suggested. Some days I have a lot to say. Some days I got nothing. I'm like, that's, I don't do it every single day. And that's also okay. It's like, you shouldn't expect yourself to write four pages. Every time you open your journal, you might have two paragraphs that day and that's fine. It's just when you feel like you need to do it, I'll go four months without doing it. 
in right. season. I do it a lot more often just to check in with myself, but it's not something that you have to, oh, 8 a.m. every single day. It's kind of like a habit, but also it's okay to, you know, feel a little bit of um, like being more motivated to do it sometimes than others, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't, you don't need to make it something that's another thing that you have to do exactly. that like hangs over you. Um, just like, uh, you know, when it flows, it flows when it doesn't, you, you know, you don't need to. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Do you wear, when you were talking about, um, having a beer can change your resting heart rate. How do you monitor all of that? So I sleep, we have something on our bed called an eight sleep, which I absolutely love. So it does all of those metrics. So it's an app and it has like sensors on the sheet or on the mattress cover. And it's really interesting because it heats and it cools and I get really hot at night when I'm training really hard. And so I can crank that thing all the way down and it will cool throughout the night. And then I don't wake up sweaty or like tossing and turning because I just feel like I'm radiating heat, but it also does like what time you fell asleep, what time you woke up, your deep sleep, your resting heart rate, all of those things. And then I also wear a Garmin and I actually sleep in my Garmin watch and that will do it as well. And so I usually kind of compare the two and they're usually pretty darn close to each other, but also knowing that neither of them are perfect. But if you use one thing consistently and then all of a sudden, for instance, like if I've gotten sick or if I've gone out and had a beer, my resting heart rate sitting at like 40 to 42 normally, all of a sudden it'll be 53. And it's like, what the heck? Like nothing else changed other than maybe I ate out or I had a beer. I feel like I slept good, but my deep sleep was crap. I got 14 minutes of deep sleep versus an hour and 20 minutes of deep sleep or whatever. Um, and so that's something that you can kind of monitor over time. And I, I love sleep. I think it's so fascinating. How many hours of sleep so, in a night or try to um, yeah. So right now I always aim for eight, which is really on the low end. Um, when I was training, it would be 10 to 11. Ooh. Yeah. So do you go to bed early or do you sleep in late? I go to bed early. It's like eight o'clock and I'm like, all right, it's time for bed. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. That's early. Yeah. 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 So but that just shows how powerful sleep is in, in helping your body recover, right? Like so cool that you need that extra sleep when you're training that hard. And do you, I, I could like geek out over the, the, the thing on your sheet. What is it called? Um, it's called eight sleep. The number eight. eight. So like yeah. if you have, um, a low or a higher resting heart rate, will you tweak your workout to be a little bit less intense that next day yeah. or? So that's a great question. So we'll monitor it for a couple of days. So um, I'll go into the gym and this is something that we've done in the later years. So when I was younger, I was just like, no, I can push through everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's all good. And then as you get older, you start to realize like, wow, you know, I can't quite do as much. I can't push through as much. So if I would wake up and I had a poor night's sleep, Patrick and I would talk about it. We kind of put an asterisk next to the piece. That's like the least important. Like if you get there and you don't feel like doing it, leave this off for today because it could potentially only hinder you more than it's going to help you. If you get there and you actually end up feeling really good, go ahead and do it. Then if it's two days in a row of a really high resting heart rate, then it's like, yes, we're knocking those pieces off and making sure that we're giving my body the ability to recover and catch back up. Because I think the one thing people don't understand is they'll show up to the gym every single day and they're like exhausted and they've got all this stress from external factors of their work. And then, you know, sometimes digging ourselves in a, a hole is going to hinder us more than it's actually going to help us. And so if you can take one day to just maybe you move at 50% that day, or you go for a walk instead of you lift really heavy, you'll be amazed at just allowing yourself what that one day can do and how much better off you feel the following day, rather than continuing to dig yourself into a deeper and deeper hole. Mm, that's good. I feel like that has to come with a lot of wisdom, like just growing and realizing 
that's probably hard to do it was probably hard to do at first right when you like yeah. to back off because you think you need to push 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 but yeah because in your head you start to ask yourself like am I just being a baby like right. am I falling behind because I'm not doing this like is it just because I'm being lazy or I don't feel like doing it or is it wow my body actually needs a little bit of time to catch up and that's definitely something that's come later with with maturing and understanding and actually listen, listening to your body. And that's one of the things I wish I could have told myself earlier is like, I experienced injuries. I experienced setbacks. And a lot of that was honestly probably due to some overtraining because I was so driven and I wanted to achieve this goal so bad that I felt like I was willing to do whatever it took. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's being in your own way and not listening to the signs and the symptoms that you're experiencing. And if you just let yourself recover or heal, then you would eventually you would break through that plateau and continue to get better rather than plateauing and staying there or even potentially getting injured. That is so good. Um, we're about to get kicked off of this thing, but I think that's a great place to, to land is just like knowing that your intuition and what your body's telling you, like it's go time or it's time to peel back. I just, I think that's important, especially for women. Um, cause our bodies are more and also this applies, this applies not just to CrossFit, right? Like this is all of life. And so most of our listeners aren't CrossFit competitors, but it's a, that's okay. Apply it to wherever. And it's the same rules, you know, same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Life skills. Well, thank you yeah. so, so, so much, Christy, for taking the time to come on here. You are a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and, um, it's just super impressive, but we're so thankful that you got to share your journey with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk to you ladies. So nice to meet you. You too. All right. We will end here. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.